Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Luke chapter 23. Now, we've been studying the suffering and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is an amazing study in the Word. Because just as you were identified in the fall or in the sin of Adam, now by your profession of faith, confession of faith, you're no longer identified in that, what would you call it, in that uh, categorization of an iniquitous person. You're now born again. You're now righteous. Wow. Not by anything you've done, but because of your acceptance of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which began with His acclamation of all that was wrong with us. You say, well, nobody knows what's wrong with me. Yep, somebody does. <laughs> Amen? Somebody knows what's wrong with you. He knows how messed up you are. He knows, you know, I mean, uh, we used to make all kinds of illustrations. We used to travel and make people laugh, you know, kind of get them unserious a little bit. We used to say, you know, you were a middle child and, you know, you were ugly. They had to put a pork chop, tie a pork chop around your neck, get the dog to play with you. Well, we've all had our trauma, hadn't we? <laughs> Amen. But it, our real trauma was not in the seen realm. Our real trauma was in the unseen. And that was that spirit on the inside of us. The Bible calls it the spirit of rebellion. And when we got born again, that spirit, the Bible literally teaches, was circumcised or cut out of us, and Christ placed His righteous spirit on the inside of us. That's the very essence of the resurrection. We'll study that here in a little bit. But now His death also had a tremendous effect upon us. The Bible says, For the preaching of the cross is unto them that foolishness, but unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. There is power in that separation, you know. I mean, if, if somebody could take your place and take what was wrong with you and your punishment from you and then die with you, as, die with that as a security that it was broken off of you, that would be, that would, I mean, that would pretty much settle it. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if a death sentence was given. You say, what do you mean? A death sentence was given to you. When you were born again, you were given the death sentence. And that death sentence would be carried out in your life in three different ways as you lived your life out. Spiritual death, separation from God. Then one day physical death, separation from the body. And then one day eternal death, eternal separation from God. Death, death, death. Man's born under the sentence of death. Jesus, just like a man that would step in and take the death sentence of a criminal. He didn't do that in type. He did that in reality. He took Barabbas' place, the murderer. Amen? Which is us. Which is us. Then he accumulated not only the motivation that makes man sin, but also every individual act of sin that every man or woman would commit that ever had a chance of making him Lord and Savior. He did not just forgive them. He remitted those sins. Glory to God. You say, what's the difference? Well, forgiveness does not remove the effect. Remittance does. We've had people here, brother, uh, we call him Big Mike, used to sing on the praise team, was healed of... Uh, 
uh, of diabetes. Not only that, the doctor said, you're not only healed of that, you're healed of the damage it's done to your body. See, that's what salvation has done. He healed you of your sin, but it also heals you of the damage. That's what the remittance of sin is. Healed you of the damage that sin did to your life. Some people just won't let it go, though. You have to let it go. Hallelujah. So in his death, he made those acclamations. Now let's read here for just a moment. We've come down to this place last week. Verse 23. Let's, let's begin there in verse... Uh, I wanted to begin with the verse 39. And one of the malefactors, this is the thieves that were hanged on each side of him, railed on him saying, If thou be... Christ, save thyself in us. Everybody say in us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou now fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receiveth due reward for our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Now, verse 43, now here's, I wanted to get into this tonight, and we're going to move through it pretty quick, but I wanted to establish this, this the controversy. Okay, Brother Rusty, why, why do you get up and you say that Jesus, he died spiritually, when, you know, I grew up in this denomination or under this ministry, and they all say, well, Jesus, he didn't die spiritually. He went into paradise, and he was just in paradise for three days and three nights. Now, you know, you have to understand, to, to argue that with your friends and neighbors is, a, is probably something you should not do. And you can even take them to the Word. But I've heard people literally say this, well, I don't care what the Bible says, this is what I believe. Well, when you find someone in that condition, you've done found a knucklehead. Head like a knuckle, amen? So, you know, there's not much you can do there, but, you know, go talk to someone else. <laughs> but it's the truth, and you have to make a decision, you know. I'm not going to argue this point. I'm going to believe this is going to be one of the sources of my faith, that Jesus accumulated all that was wrong with me. Then he took my punishment. Listen, when he, when he, took, the, when he took Barabbas' place, he took Barabbas' punishment. You understand that? That's, that's why Pontius Pilate washed his hands of that. Now, now notice this is interesting because this is the place in the Bible and I, and I not only have studied this, but I went to Bible school. Uh, Pastor John Osteen was my teacher, taught us on redemption. And, and he studied this also. He wanted to know, what does the Bible, if the Bible settles it, then it's settled in me. Now, first of all, here's where the controversy begins in this scripture right here. It says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, unto thee today, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Now, if you read that, you would think, well, that means Jesus is just going to expire physically on the cross and go into paradise. Amen. But now, remember the Bible is written in the Greek language. In the Greek language, the punctuation on this scripture is different. Jesus said it like this. I say unto you today, right now, I'm saying to you right now, you will be in, with me in paradise, is what it says. And eventually, in three days and three nights, he was with him in paradise. But this is not a scripture in which we establish doctrine that says, well, Jesus didn't die spiritually. This shows he just went into paradise. No, it doesn't. We're going to look at some other scriptures. Amen. But now notice something. Now, if this, doesn't, if, this does not, if this does not help you understand that he did take everything that was wrong with us so that we could have everything that was wrong with us. Listen, 
in his death, he took it all. He died with it. He separated from it. He overcome it. In his resurrection, he stepped out in a glorified body and says, now this is yours. It's going to start with your faith on the earth and end with your body being glorified one day when the rapture takes place. Whether you're in heaven or earth won't matter. You'll be involved in it. Your body will either come up out of the grave and meet you in the sky or you'll lift up off this planet and be with Jesus. Amen? Now the reason that is is because he took our punishment also. Now notice this. Don't See if this doesn't paint the, the doomsday picture. Look, look at what happens. He says, and it was about the sixth hour. And there was darkness. You see that? Over all the earth until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened. And the veil of the temple was rent in the midst. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, what did he cry? We read it over in Psalms 22 last week. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Does that sound like somebody fixing to go to paradise? That sounds like somebody's been forsaken by God. The Bible says, and it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And it pleased the Lord. You say, why? Because he was thinking about us. He was thinking about the human family that needed to be redeemed from the curse of Adam's fall. He knew death could do it, but he knew there was no human upon the earth that could do it, so God had to become a human being. He had to step into the human family and experience the pain of a fallen family and then redeem that family so there could be an essence or a remnant of the people saved out of this family that would live with him and be with him and be his family for eternity. That's you and I. Listen, if you don't live your, every, your, every, your life every day with overwhelming joy in your heart that you know this and that you have been chosen by God for this because you responded to Him the way you did, then what have you got to live for? This is the most joyous thing a man or what? This is what the whole world is searching for. Mm-mm-mm. The sun was darkened. Now, now I looked at this. I studied this out. Darkness over all the earth. Now, they would say that's impossible. Half of the earth we know at all times is dark. And a total solar eclipse would only darken a quarter. That's all it could do. This shows us this was, now listen to me, just like for the new covenant one day, for the old covenant, this was the great and terrible day of the Lord. This was it. They knew this. The earth shook. The earth began to violently shook. They say it was an earthquake off the Richter scale. They said that the sun, that it was a, a, a darkness that even the Romans pinned in their, in their historical records, that it was a darkness that took the life out of men is how they pinned it. You say, why? Because the earth refused, the sun refused to shine on what was taking place on this planet. And the earth shook because the universe itself was coming to the very brink of extinction because the creator of that universe was dying with your sin and my sin upon his physical body and in his soul. But see, the devil, he's a dummy. Because see, he looked on that cross and he didn't see that spirit on the inside of Jesus. He saw that sin that was you and I. 
The Bible says that the princes of this world would have known. They would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Now notice this. The sun was darkened. The veil of the temple was rent in the midst. What does that mean? Well, another gospel says, from top to bottom. This, some historians say, this veil, this is the veil that was between the inner court and the holy of holies in the temple there in Jerusalem. This is where the Shekinah glory of God and the presence of God resided with the Ark of the Covenant, what was left of it in that day. And when that veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, that was not a signification of anything. That was an act that took place of a big angel with a sword ripping that thing from top to bottom. And that presence and glory of the Holy Ghost himself left the earth and went to heaven went to heaven. You say, why? Because in the bowels of the earth, Jesus was suffering for you and I. Now, if you dig into this, which is a deep, meaty study, you'll see that Psalms 88 is a depiction of this, of the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 22 kind of paints a portrait of it, but Psalms 88 goes into the spiritual part of it. Now, it's an amazing study because in it you'll see that there's almost a clock ticking. Even some of the Greek and Latin that has been put together indicates it's almost like Jesus is down there and he's down there suffering, but as he's suffering, it's like, he's, it's like a heart is beating. He's going, oh, oh, like he's groaning in the spirit. And that goes on three days and three nights until the Father Himself says justified. And that Holy Ghost that left the Shekinah glory in the temple invaded the region of hell. And in the region of darkness, a light came on. And a light came in to Jesus Christ. And in the capital city of authority of demonic realm in the universe, Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly and triumphed over them in it. Now, go if you will to Ephesians chapter 4. Can anybody get happy over that? Ephesians chapter 4, now we've studied this many times, you know, speaking on ministry gifts and, and the responsibility of the, of the ministers to help grow the church up so the church can do the work of the ministry. Amen? I ought to get a better amen from those doing the work of the ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. But now notice, let me read it here. Ah, where's a good place? I can re That's my problem. You get up here and teach, you want to read every one of them. It says, uh, wherefore, verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, everybody say up on high, he led captivity captive. Now this speaking of Jesus, raising from the dead, going into the region of the dam, coming out of there, and then coming up into paradise, into the captive in the heart of the earth, and then bringing them to heaven. Could you imagine what a glorious entry that must have been? Amen. I bet David danced. Well, we'll get to that later. I don't want to get y'all too excited this late on a Wednesday night. It says, Wherefore he saith when he ascended up, 
on high. He led captivity captive and did what? He gave gifts unto men. But now notice they, they, Paul writes this to show us something in the Spirit. And now he that ascended, what is it but that he also descended? Everybody say descended. First into the lower parts. Everybody say lower parts. Lower parts of the earth. Now lower parts, uh, uh, different definitions, different translations, but if you go into the Greek, you look at how it was translated out of that, it's literally the underparts, the underworld, the lowest levels, from the highest to the lowest, the region of death, the place of judgment, Hades, Sheol, or as we all know it, hell. It is a location. It is a geographical location in the center of the earth. Did you realize that? It was never, ever, ever created for a man to go there or a woman to go there. God would never allow a man or a woman to... Man went there by choice. Now, look at this. This is amazing. It says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all things that he might fill all things. Now, he brought a victory from the top <laughs> to the bottom, from the east to the west, from the north to the south, and every place in between. Amen. But now, have we answered the question? Yes, yes, pastor, he died spiritually. Well, we've only, we've only had, let's get another witness, amen. Go to Acts real quick. Go to Acts chapter. Go to Acts chapter 2. I think you need to know this. You need to see it in the Word of God. And actually, there's five different locations. I'm going to let you dig the other three out yourself. Hallelujah. Isn't that going to be fun? Verse 25 of Acts chapter 2. Now look at this. Dave, excuse me. Uh, uh, Peter is preaching. The Holy Ghost has come. They're filled to the overflowing. The joy is flowing. They're drunk in the Holy Ghost. People are going, why are these people so drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning? Peter gets up and says, you're, we're not near as thick as you drunk we are. <laughs> Amen? I mean, they're, they're, they're flowing in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. Someone said, speaking in tongues of the devil. Well, when you live for the devil, he never lets you speak in tongues. Now that you're saved, he's not the one doing it. Amen. But now notice this. He's preaching. He's taking him a text in Joel chapter 2. He's preaching. He comes to verse 25 here. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is on my right hand that he should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Why? Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one, thy holy one, to see corruption. Who's he talking about? Well, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the holy one. Now notice, he keeps going. 
Thou hast made known unto me the ways of thy life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you. The patriarch David that is both dead and buried in his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath unto him that the fruits of his loin, according to the flesh, he would rise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seen before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. Whoa! He took it all. You ain't got no right to hang on to none of it. He took it all. This can heal you. This can redeem you. This can set you free. This can deliver you by you realizing God supplied a death, took my judgment, and then gave me resurrection power. That's why he calls you more than a conqueror. That's why he says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. See, we think, well, pastor, what good does it do? We say these scriptures over and over, and we feel so weak. Well, thank God we're walking. We're not walking by feelings. We're walking by what the Word of God says. Amen. Listen, as your flesh deteriorates, as we fight these battles in our mind, as we stand in faith to see our covenant of God manifest in our life, healing when the devil tries to attack with sickness, uh, joy when depression tries to get on us, finances when the devil tries to attack us and give us poverty. I guarantee you when you begin to walk a life like that, you begin to recognize and realize there is a force in me that was not in me before. There is something in me and on me that's working for me, in me and through me, so that I can be a blessing to others. And when you recognize and realize, you realize, and it's really kind of selfish. Did you know that? I mean, I'm not selfish in the point that it's sin selfish. But I'd like to say that salvation is the greatest act of self-preservation you'll ever act upon. <laughs> say, well, it's kind of selfish not to go to hell. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> Amen. But you know, to just kind of become a glutton for the blessings of God and desire God and desire a move of God, desire God moving in our midst. Listen, God loves that. God loves boldness. God, God loves people who will walk in faith and dare, dare to stare, stare right into the face of everything the devil's trying to do, not only in your own life, but in the world. <laughs> Look at what the devil's doing in the world. I, just, I mean, I've got to the point where, where when I watch the news now, you almost got to just laugh. It's just like almost a Saturday Night Live skit, you know. And it doesn't matter what side they're on. Either one stumbling, bumbling, and drooling, or the other one, you know, he's got this pompadour going on. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're right in the... I used to read Mad Magazine. This is right out of Mad Magazine. I mean, the earth, everybody's dying. We got these people trying to kill them and this, that. And then we got these war, nuclear war. And we got, the earth is shaking. And, I, and everybody's crying, the sky is falling. Well, it may be falling. But I got good news. Amen. We, we, we serve the one who's in control of its outcome. Amen. And he's not going to forsake his church. You know why? Listen, this is why. This is why you need to stand in faith to your heel. This is why you need to fight every thought in your mind and do what you can to get your mind renewed with the Word so you can really walk in divine prosperity. This is why you need to understand redemptive truth so that you can really have true joy. And it's really not about you. 
It's about the price that was paid for you to have it. Amen. And say, well, Pastor, I tell you, I, I just, you know, I, I, I do that, but I just, I'm busy. And when after I'm busy, I'm tired. And then I'm busy again, then I'm tired again. I'm busy again. Well, you listen, you're going to have to make some time and recognize that someone loved you so much that he created you. And you got all messed up, so he redeemed you. Amen. And he did, listen, now listen to me right now. Well, I'm almost finished. He did everything he could do. Well, God could have done more. No, he didn't, couldn't have. He did everything he could do. And this is what we have. This is it. This is what we have. He did everything he could do. He's not the kind of God that would have held back, held back and said, well, I could have done more, but I just, you know, I, didn't, I just didn't want to overdo it. No, no, that's not the God we serve. Our God's a God that does exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. I mean, I've seen it for the, for the years that I didn't serve God. I knew, I knew I was wrong. I knew that I knew I was estranged from God. I knew I was prodigal in my heart. I knew I was, I knew it like I knew my name. And God would visit me and God would talk to me. I'm telling you, he's doing the same thing for your lost loved ones. He's doing the same thing for those, those kids or those grandkids that are backslid. Listen, he's talking to them. Don't quit praying. Don't quit interceding. He's talking to them. Every day he's talking to them. Amen. They just ain't listening the way they should, but they will. Because God's got a way of talking to them. I know. I know that's my testimony. But after that, I started talking to him. Find out what he wanted. And I found out he wants, he wants the best for you. You know why he wants the best? Because of the price he pays. Did you know the price that is paid determines the quality of the product? And Jesus ain't no product. He's a person. But I'm telling you, he paid a price beyond our imagination, died a death no human ever died, included you in that death where that his crucifixion became your death so that you can be separated from anything. Say, Pastor, I had something so traumatic happen to me when I was young. Step into that death. You say, how do you do that? By faith. Thank you, Father, for the cross. Thank you that your word says the preaching of the cross. Is in the parish foolish. Is unto them that perish foolish. Unto us that are saved. It is the power. The power of Almighty God. Lord, I need your power. Therefore, I confess the power of that cross works in my mind, separating me. I die to that event. I die to that which happened to me. I die to that which I did, to that which I was involved in. I die to it. His death is my death. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. How, see, and if you can do that, then after doing that a little bit, you get over here on the resurrection side. Start thanking God for resurrection power. Thank you that I'm risen with you and seated with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, quickens, makes alive my mortal body. How can you doubt? How can you walk in fear? God's created you to be bold, to be strong, and to be fearless in these last days. When this whole world is shaken, He wants you on steady, solid ground. When the finances of this world is shaken, He wants you assured that the righteous have never been, been forsaken, nor their seed has never begged for bread. 
And not only that, God will use us, you watch, through the next few years to send millions and thousands and even millions of dollars to the nations of the world to help feed them and evangelize them. And many of us will go and be a part of that and see churches built and see all kinds of good things done as God continues to build this right here. And we see what God is doing as we live out these days. For we're here at such a time as this to live in the power of what God has done for us in Christ. What an awesome day that was. The centurion, he viewed it. He said, surely this was the Son of God. You could imagine that day in Jerusalem. What must have been being said? How do you think Pilate felt in all that darkness? How do you think the Sanhedrin felt in all that darkness? It affected Judas Iscariot so much he went out and hung himself. It was in the darkness that Peter denied Jesus three times. See, it's always in the darkness. But Jesus came to that darkness. And whatever darkness there may be in your life, Jesus came to that darkness. And he came to take that darkness, and he came to take it to his death, to his cross, so that you could have his life. So don't live in it anymore. Uh, you know, I've been around this for so long and ministered to so many people. I love it when the anointing of God flows, the gifts of God in operation. That's so beautiful tonight, word of knowledge working. Wasn't that cool? That's so cool. You can't do that. We so appreciate moves of the Holy Ghost. Anybody? Was your body touched? Anybody? Praise God. Isn't that good? Look at there. Three, four, five, six people, seven people. Isn't that good? Wow. God is so good to us. So good to us. Hallelujah. What a price that was paid. Let's lift our hands. Father, we worship you. Oh, you paid a price we could not pay. You died a death we could not die. You gave us a life we could not obtain for ourselves. We're forever yours, Lord. You purchased us, bought us, and redeemed us. You showed it to the Apostle Paul. He said, not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Through if the offense of one, many be dead. So through the free gift of one, Jesus Christ, many are alive. Wow. Wow. Jesus, you said you've come that we might have life. Lord, everywhere we go during this holiday season, let that light and that life, let it, just, let it just radiate out of us in such a way that it affects people, even people that we don't even know. Jesus, live big in us. Father, we thank you for your word. We stand on it for health and healing. Lord, we resist these seasonal attacks on, on people's bodies, declaring ourselves free from the flu, free from COVID, free from seasonal allergies. And Father, we thank you in the heat and the cold, the cold and the heat, the changes we're not subject to. We walk in divine health. Thank you for protection. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh us. Angels have charge over us. Upon these highways, the airways, 
the seaways, the railways, any other kind of travel or transportation. In our work, in our labor, in our recreation, in our fellowship. We declare your protection. Devil, you're a liar. We cancel your strategies. We say your plans are foiled. For a greater one has come upon you. His name is Jesus. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Thank you for answers to prayer. Thank you for those in our church that are fighting the fight of faith. Especially Miss Myrta, Sister Ella. We agree with their faith and declare over them God's healing power. Coming through the Word of God, being sent by faith in a realm where there's no time nor space. We rejoice and thank God that they're healed. Oh, the price that was paid. The blood that was shed, the back that was plowed. That they may be healed. Cancer, you must bow. You are defeated. Lungs, breathe in. Breathe in the life of God. Breathe in the light of God. Jesus. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. Fathers, we leave tonight. Let your fire burn within our hearts. Everywhere we go, let us be a great witness. Thank you, Father, for your great love and compassion toward us. We love you so much. We worship you from the depths of our hearts. Thank you for our church. We love one another. Thank you. You've given us each other to do life with. We leave tonight as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the Lord, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.